0: Welcome to episode six of The Hallway. Chris and I talk about his new nephew that's being born. Uh, jump into personal finance, real estate, forming better habits. So a big self-improvement podcast. Really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and thanks for walking with us. We're back. We're back. Hey, what's up, people? Back in the hallway, walking through. Eight. Episode 6, Eight. here we are. Back at it again. <laughs> with the white Vans. With the white, Dude, man. I wear white Vans. Ugh. I wear a lot of white Vans. You love, I love those Vans. white Vans, bro. Dude, I do, bro. The white Vans can go with almost anything. Yeah. They really can. You're right, you're right. They really can. And when they can't, just get them a little dirty, and then they can go
1: with everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. there you go. Then, then they turn into gray Vans, yeah, right? Gray Vans. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They're mighty morphers. <laughs>
0: Do you have like a shoe style that you, that you go for? Like, cause I know I'm, that you, you wear various, you know, you have like, yeah. I, I've seen you have like, like a few, like less some, than a handful. I think I've seen you wear. I've got
1: yeah. like, like I have like five pairs of shoes to my name including including my sandals. Right. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, do sandals count as a pair of shoes? I don't, I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I, don't I
0: would know. say, I would say yes. Like they count as like footwear, Yeah. but they're not like shoes,
1: shoes. Yeah, yeah 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 it's a gray area gray area
0: I mean could you so then could you call Crocs shoes
1: Ooh. I think yeah
0: I mean yes yeah. it's closed-toed right It is yeah. technically yeah.
1: technically I have like five pairs of shoes I've got most of my shoes are athletic wear like yeah, I wear yeah. CrossFit shoes because those seem to fit me best and they come like trainer
0: or CrossFit shoes like training shoes or CrossFit shoes. CrossFit
1: CrossFit I've learned to like mm-hmm. CrossFit for like daily wear shoes. They're actually pretty comfy, mm-hmm. and the support is where it's at. Like I had really mm-hmm. like flat and wide feet, so in order for me to get shoes that aren't New Balance Grandpa shoes, <laughs> I, oh
0: god, <laughs> I
1: have to get trainers.
0: 20, Twenty-two years old and starting to buy at New Balance. Oh no. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Oh. Yep. Yeah, my bad. My bad. My dad called me. Oh, good yeah is everything okay i hope
1: so we'll see we'll see
0: yeah no i mean right before we got on the podcast and we just said let's start it apparently chris you're you said your younger brother is in labor that's crazy man. Yeah. that's awesome my younger i mean not your younger dad. brother your younger brother's wife yeah, yeah. well you know <laughs> you're going younger brothers <laughs> lady, <you're> talking...
1: <laughs> bro it's 2021 man it's 2021 2021 bro anything can happen so
0: yeah so you were saying yeah go ahead yeah
1: please. my uh my 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 sister-in-law is having my nephew they're getting ready they're in the process I got a text that she was at six centimeters and the baby was in the right position and everything was going well so everything looks like it's gonna line up pretty nice which is pretty cool you know this is their second one so yeah. they know what they're doing kind of okay. this time you know and I told him just hey man you know just let me know whatever you need or whenever you want me to show up I don't have to show up for the thing yeah but, you know whenever you want me there I'll be there
0: That's perfect. And I think like being there, so my, you know, when my sister had her babies, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm an uncle as well. It's like, okay, you can go at least as a, from my perspective, you can go to the hospital and sit there for like, you know, potentially 24 hours or you live your life and then, okay, when the baby, if there's complications, you go, if you know, once the baby's out, you go. So it's like, you know, I don't know, like sitting there for like
1: ad hoc, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure.
0: But as a, as a, I feel like as a grandparent, like that's when I would like be there yeah Yeah. it's different
1: now for my brother (laughs) my other brother's wife I I went you know hung out and I was in school still so I couldn't like stay like all day and like work or whatever Mm -hmm. so I I came I showed up we sat down and laughed for a few hours you know we hung out and then you know I kind of left and then I was like whatever you need or when you want me to come back I'll be back
0: exactly yeah but as a dad we got to be there yeah no it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dad like oh yeah when you need me i'll be back yeah, like, yeah, yeah. i'll be
1: downstairs you know <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm gonna go have some beers with the boys real quick you know let me i gotta report my record my podcast first yeah right right <laughs>
1: i'm in in the room in the, in the delivery room it's like hey hey can you keep it quiet now <laughs>
0: Uh, no but I thought what was interesting too is like I asked you know what hospital you were at and you were saying that they opted for a birthing center yeah. So like what like what is a birthing center is that like so more? yeah
1: it's oh. kind of lower key they they have sometimes like uh, doulas it's not like a doctor a medical doctor or anything but apparently it's usually lower cost it's a more mm. homey environment um, sometimes they even do at home like they, they come to you so it's, it's a little bit more naturopathic, lack of medicine, all that kind of stuff, kind of feeling the vibe. From what I've heard, I haven't witnessed that's it That's a good word.
0: Of... What, what was it, Na- naturopathic? Naturopathic. What, what, what was that word? Naturopathic. And that means, what is the definition of that? So. Do you know, like, generally? I don't know
1: the exact definition, but generally it's like anything that's the opposite of medicine. So healing with the world or healing with natural, Cranes mm. and whatever you know that's kind of yeah, what they yeah. use the word for in medicine okay it's okay cool healing without medicine basically natural yeah. ways of healing like
0: using teas and herbal exactly and, you know, all that you stuff know maybe stuff. like steam and going to a sauna and yeah stuff like exactly
1: that. Natural naturopathic okay yeah okay so that's kind of what they're doing i mean they did it for the first child and he he's awesome he came out great everything's good so yeah roll with it again
0: yeah. Hey, if it works, it works. And especially if it's a lower cost alternative. And yeah, I think and I think what's important in births, like obviously I'm not a doctor or anything, mm-hmm. but the people that I've seen that have and this may not always be the case. Right. But I think that if you, as a woman, like and and I think as a man doing anything right, if you tend to eat healthy mm-hmm. and you're exercise. Right. And, you know, yeah. you're
1: young and fit, you know,
0: you have some some, yeah, some resistance training where, mm-hmm. you know, I think that pregnancy pro- probably, in giving birth, I'd say in general, probably goes a lot easier yeah, than, I mean, you know, someone that may not be as uh, in shape. Right? Yeah,
1: I had a friend in high school. She was probably 17 when she had her kid, and she told me, mm. yeah, it was a sneeze. <laughs> like, yeah. there was pain for maybe 45 minutes, and then, pew. And, and yeah. then I've heard the other horror story where it's like, yo, I've been in there six hours and, like, nothing's happening and the drugs are starting to wear thin, so, like...
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, dude, what was, like, when you heard that that other end of the spectrum, were they older or were they, like, the same age? I want to say they were older. Yeah, yeah, maybe... They were older. Yeah.
1: Early 30s, yeah, early 30s. Okay. You know. Yeah.
0: So And, I mean, that's definitely a thing. I mean, you think about... Like I mean obviously women can have children Mm -hmm. like well into their 40s and it it happens right like my my girlfriend's mom I think had her last child. I think she was like late 30s or like 40 Mm. So it's it's possible and the the child, you know, they can be healthy and everything, but it's definitely gets tougher on your body I mean, yeah, yeah. there's there's no doubt about that.
1: I think like what is it like 35 where they start calling it a geriatric pregnancy
0: (laughs) It really yeah, yeah, it's yeah.
1: kind of early, but I mean, <clears throat> there's so much margin for error and everything. You know, you never know everybody's body and how they respond to it. A lot of the times, though, the mm-hmm. second child, you kind of know what's going on because with the first one, you've had the, okay, I know my body will tend to react this way to this or something like that. You know, you can learn a lot from the first time. So, yeah. the number two is usually the a lot finished better finished product. You know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. the the uh, The first one is. Uh, tearing open new wounds and the other one is like okay we've done this before right we've
1: been here done this know how to react
0: (laughs) do you think do you think like because i've seen i've seen those i forget what it is it's videos you know almost like tiktoks and stuff like that but always compare and you know maybe instagram videos or facebook videos Mm -hmm. but always talking about the different siblings and birth order you know mattering Mm -hmm. like crazy how like how valid do you think that is uh, like do you really think birth order makes a big difference on a person's like personality and the way that they do things?
1: Um I don't remember any specific examples as to the the, the stereotypes that is, the order would fall into like I'm one of three and I'm number two mm-hmm. and apparently mm-hmm. the number twos have it pretty sorted and I think I have it pretty sorted, but I don't know if that's like, Because of being number two, but I will say that they they tend to say number two gets left behind a lot, and it has to learn to deal with a lot of shit on their own, and that I agree with. It it happened. Mm. Did happen, and I don't know. Some people thrive in it. Some people don't. You know, it 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 happens.
0: No, I think it's very true. Like, and if you think about it, your first one is like, oh my god, our first child. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're, you know, very. Conscious of like what you're doing Mm -hmm. with the child, and like you know, trying to put it down the right path. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then the second child's kind of like, okay, yeah, we have had our second child, like a little bit more experience, and obviously they still treat you and love you and all that. But then when the youngest comes along, it's like okay, they have the oldest, and then they have the youngest, Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of like you. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: (laughs) And now they're all stressed out because now you're in round three, and it's just like "Ah, I've done this two times before but like yeah, it's yeah. interesting though because my older brother has two kids uh he just had another mm. baby girl and mm. his first daughter he would he would like she was i don't want to say coddled because that, that sounds rough but she yeah. she had it easy you know like she cried she get picked up because she was the first like grandbaby you know like all of that well technically second but yeah. you know for him and my brother used to do like this ritual to get her to go to sleep, like pick her up, rock her, sing to her, play music on the TV, dim all the lights, and this was like an everyday thing, right? And then mm. now that baby two comes along, baby two just gets put down. But baby two, I will say, is, you know, baby two's learned. You, if I'm putting you down in this thing, you're going to bed. Baby one was just, like, it. fighting it. And he had to build the whole ritual. And I was like, when I saw him, didn't he didn't do it for number two. I was like, wait, so she didn't get the whole song and the dance and all that? <laughs> He's like, nah, man, those days are over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> those days are over. I guess the question is, does he still do it for child number one? Oh,
1: no, she's grown now. She'd cry herself to sleep okay. all she wants. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. They got tired. <laughs> no,
0: they say they say with babies, man. Like, you got, like, it's, I think that... When a child is... And if you th- if you think about it logically, it makes sense. Whether it's actually true, I don't know. But when the baby's sleeping, everyone's like, oh my gosh, be quiet. The baby's sleeping. Everyone be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Yeah. But then... Which I get, right? Because you want the baby to sleep. Yeah. But then if the baby doesn't learn or if a child doesn't learn how to sleep... In that environment. With When there's noise going around them, mm-hmm. right? Then they they may need the perfect conditions in order to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They may need the perfect conditions in order to actually like go to sleep Mm -hmm. and that may, you know, inhibit them when they grow older.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, my brother, when he started dropping off baby one at, um, my parents' house to stay the night, it was the same song and dance had to happen. But my mm. mom My mom was not playing that My mom was like I had three boys And I trained them How to not do this So my mom was like She was determined To break the habit <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah How long How long did they stay With uh, your mom When they dropped her off Or whatever
1: Um, It was every now and then So like every now and then Every now and Like then, a yeah. day Or you know If they went on vacation Or something you know So like For sure She was The consistency was Kind of there But not a daily you know that That's a big yeah. thing With kids The consistent reinforcement You know because For sure. they only know up to yesterday <laughs> so
0: <laughs> and they're still like understanding the fact that if something is not currently like in their line of sight yeah. then it still exists exactly. you know what I mean? like yeah. like it's it, isn't that a, that's a thing right permanence. that's a cognitive development yeah, yeah. object permanence yeah.
1: Uh. no I, I was i was like testing her one day when she was really young because i, I was taking a psychology class and i was like hmm i should test this <laughs> and then yeah. i tested it and i was like is it here? Is it not here? I think I had like a pencil in my hand or something, or something that she liked, and I put it behind my back, and like he's like, <laughs> and then I brought it back and he's like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> and then like a month later I tried the same thing, and my big brother was there watching me, and he's like, no, no, she, she's got object permanence. My my brother and and uh, sister in law are like social workers, so they kind of know a little oh, bit okay. of the psyche and stuff, and they were like yeah no no we tested her she's got it she's good okay yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's like that's good. cool cool just you know making sure we're all good i can tell my professor i did my homework you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> live experimentation yeah like. exactly
1: exactly <laughs> oh
0: that's amazing
1: that's a cool concept that was a cool concept
0: yeah i think child just child, the development of humans in general is pretty dope i mean yeah Thinking about how we grow and how we interpret facts and how we interpret reality and I mean it's the whole nature versus nurture thing and yeah. I think that I think that nature definitely plays a role but nurture for sure is the dominant I would say the most dominant element as to how you're going to you know come about as a person and the way that you react to things and the way that you do things yeah, yeah. I, I that's how I, that's what I personally think
1: so I think a lot of it is attributed to environment so.
0: Yeah, with nurture.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the environment, you can have, um, you know, a, a good environment with your parents and your people around you. Um, and then mm-hmm. there's also the environment of where you live, how you live, your lifestyle, uh, your social status. All of that kind of attributes to how you grew up as a person. But then there's also digging into, okay, in the nature side of things. Physically or metaphysically How am I constructed Being being like uh, do I have any type of disabilities That would majorly affect my life And that's something you know You can't really avoid in that conversation Because if I'm born dyslexic There's nothing we can nurture about that I mean we can nurture me to handle it But it is something that I kind of have By nature
0: No I I completely agree with you And I think there's another aspect of that too Like if you think of uh, so defending nature, it's like the. It's like some people are more athletic than others. Some people have a natural tendency to have, you know, whether they're, the tendons in their bones are shorter or longer or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. some people are just naturally, the way that their body design is built, mm-hmm. are better at some sports than better at others. And even like, somebody that, you know, maybe just be different can train so, so hard. Mm -hmm. And you know, if this person trains, maybe let's say, I don't know, 75% or half as hard as this person, the other person may excel because of these, you know, natural things that exist, you know, like you said, metaphysically biology and all of that like that can attribute to to something specific yeah so i think it's a combination real. yeah yeah
1: it's, those things are very real and very concrete that's the thing with mm. those those specific biological nature aspects they are concrete now with nurture mm. there's a lot of fluidity in it because not every environment is the same not every person that you mm. interact with is, is the same and nothing nothing is is as concrete as the science and that's kind of why i think a lot of people fall to the science because science is majority of the time hard-pressed and people like that hard-pressed
0: facts. The facts. It's, it's the facts. it's the yeah. facts.
1: And that works for majority of people because, you know, you can't beat the, the, the proof. That's what it is. The proof's in the pudding.
0: Yeah, proof is in the pudding. And <laughs> when I think of this too, I think of more, and it's interesting to use the physical example, but I think of more like, like your personality. Mm. That's, that's what I think. So I think more of the way the tendencies that you have or towards maybe specific types of situations are learned rather than naturally ingrained uh, into you. Yeah. But again, you could you could argue, so like animals. In animals in certain situations, like squirrels are fearful not because of what they've learned. Or it, I mean, I guess you could argue both ways. Okay, mm-hmm. is a squirrel more fearful because it's you know, ingrained with generations and that's how they survive by running away from different things? (laughs) Or do they learn, have they learned by looking at other, you know, squirrels around them that, Hey, that's what you do. You run away. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing too. You could also look at their ability because their physical ability may have created boundaries for them in their minds that, I mean, your physical ability, what you can do is what you can do. And Mm i'm gonna know that in a maybe even in a flight, fight or flight situation that i can run really fast but i can't fight so my mm-hmm. physical limitation is i can't fight so now every time that i'm in this situation i've now learned to react this way because i don't have this capability so you could kind of work that angle on it too because you know it's, it's just your physical limitations are real and concrete
0: yeah. You know, unless you sure.
1: begin on the course to change that. I mean, I'll, I could take fighting lessons. And I, you know, but I've learned now to do something else, or I've trained myself to do something else because of a physical limitation that I want to overcome, or something like that. So, I, I think it, it bounces. It bounces back and forth in many
0: situations. Hmm. And that and that comes down to self awareness. Yeah. Right. Like, it's 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 interesting. I saw. I think it was. Charlie Munger, I think his name is. So the guy that runs Berkshire Halfway with uh, Warren Buffett and all that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he says that the difference between like people who are really smart and people who are you know, ignorant is that <laughs> they know the edge. They know where the edge is of their competency. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I know I'm smart to a certain aspect. And that kind of comes down to like self-awareness. Yes. So like, I know that, you know, I may be very good in this or whatever it is but I know that I don't know a lot about this. So it's like knowing where that edge is like, and and that comes down to physical ability as well. I think that we as humans, like, and it's, I mean, to take the example, like, and I might've used this example before, but like in sports, sports is a great example. Everyone looks at these professional players that are (laughs) playing like on this crazy level, like the Olympics just started. So we can talk about that in a second, Mm -hmm. but it's like, they're like, oh yeah, like I would have made that layup. And it's like, Bitch, you would have not made that leg up. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're a freaking roly-poly ass, like, <laughs> drinking beer at the bar. Shut the fuck yeah. up. like. <laughs> right? It's yeah, like, yeah, come on. yeah, You know,
1: you, your limitations, you gotta know. I mean, so, most of the time, that's just talking out of that ass, but, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, That's what it is. It's physical ability. And the awareness is the important part, though. I think yeah. being self-aware of uh, just everything you do is so important because if you're not and you're not aware of your environment so that there's a twofold there's being aware of yourself and then being aware of the environment so it's like when you dive into a conversation you're aware of the people that you're talking to and you're aware of the conversation that you're trying to relay any any of that communication and then you have to be very very conscious of what is going on and then what you're saying And when we roll back to
0: ability And what you're feeling as well. And like what you're feeling and like how that, yeah, yeah. And the
1: target of the conversation as well. We talked about leading the conversation before. And when you lead a conversation, you have to be aware of what you're saying and keep your target in mind of what you want. So Mm -hmm. how can I be aware of what I'm doing, what I'm saying? And a lot of it rolls back to checking yourself too. So every now and then, like if I'm in a conversation with someone, I'll, I'll have to check myself to see, okay, did I, did I mean to say that? Is that the right thing to say? Like before you send a text, right? I'm sure we most, most of us do this. We'll write it of out, course. and then we'll read it back, and we we'll are be like, ah, no, nah, scrap it, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that, is that
0: really what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah and I think, I think with social situations, that's like a, your mind is, I, I think that people don't like process as much as they should. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're having a conversation with someone, like, the amount of processing, they say that if you're in a really good conversation, and you're like very socially aware, like, I mean, it becomes easier with time, but mm-hmm. social situations are some of the most difficult things for the brain to handle. Because if you think about it, you're getting all of these inputs like the, the smells that are around you, like, are you closer to the person, the details on their face? Like what, what are their facial expressions? What are they saying? What's the tonality that they're, that they're saying this, Mm -hmm. what, you know, how should I respond? So if you think of all these inputs and these outputs are happening so quick. Um, and that if you don't, if you're, if you just kind of say things, then it could come off in the wrong way. And like you said, you know, if you're trying to drift the conversation in a certain way, like it's, it's not, and you know yeah. who knows. Maybe you, if, if you're not paying attention and you're not self aware, maybe you could be coming off as an asshole. You could be, <laughs> you know, maybe coming off as like, oh, I know it all, or you know, you're talking so much that you're not even letting the other person speak. Yeah. So you, you know, you and you don't, you don't even notice their disinterest. That's a common like, thing. Because yeah, yeah people show cues of disinterest in the conversation, and if you are not socially adept enough to pick it up. And be like, okay, or socially adept enough to say, okay, I've been talking a lot. (laughs) Let me like, you know, open it up, or let me direct it to somebody else. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's a two-step
1: thing. Uh, That specific example, if I've been talking a lot, I have to recognize that I've been talking a lot, and then I have to make the decision to stop talking a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I find myself in that situation sometimes where I recognize that I've talked a lot, and I don't stop myself. <laughs> mm. I'll be enjoying the conversation so much, or enjoy relaying this information that the topic that
0: you're talking about, exactly. you have a lot to say about it. Yeah, maybe
1: I'm mm. something I'm passionate about, and I'm just kind of going and going. And I want this person to understand the knowledge that I'm sharing. And I see that they're kind of disinterested, but I'm heavily interested. And it's just like, okay, wait, wait, wait I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Let me just All let right. me keep going and get it out. I know it's not that exciting, right. but you know, and I'll, I'll recognize, but I'll keep going to get it out, and then I'm done. Just so I can like,
0: yeah, clean slate. And I think, and I think, I think like if you recognize that that you're still passionate about the topic, something that I've, you know, I felt like that's been helpful for me. And you know, maybe like when you have that moment of recognition, like I think doing something as simple as acknowledging it, like saying like, hey, like you know, I know I'm talking a lot, but I just want to make one more point, and then that's it. Yeah, you know, and then you kind of like because when you when you can show that you're self aware. And then like, not only that you're showing, but like you say what you're going to do. So you're like, okay, I'm, you know, talking about a topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, I know I've been talking a lot, but like, yeah, yeah I just want to say this one more point and then I say it and then they're done. So it's, you're almost showing them. Yes, I recognize this. I'm enjoying this. I have one more thing to say. And then it's on you. So then it's like, yeah. okay, I, I'm, I'm aware. I, I do what I say and I say what I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I recognize it. you. You do do that a lot. And I do appreciate when you do, because it's, you know, and that's the thing you've, you've checked yourself in the moment. Yeah, right, that, that exactly. Check yourself before you wreck yourself is real. Check <laughs> yourself before you wreck yourself, dog. <laughs> it is too real. It is too real. Because it, you honestly, you end up wrecking yourself sometimes. Like, Yeah, I, dude, I, you do. I've been in that situation where I'm just like, I'm talking way too damn much and I ain't check myself. Yeah.
0: Dude, and there's, there's people that I meet, man, that just don't like, all right, don't get me wrong. Like talk, I, I love people to talk about themselves. Yeah. Like I've built a lot. I think that being... Honestly, being a—if you really want to be a good conversationalist, you need to like engage the other person by asking great questions, feeding off of that, blah blah blah, whatever. Which in turn means them talking about themselves. Yeah. But people—people people sometimes just get so wrapped up in talking about themselves, talking about what they're doing, they don't even give like. An opportunity, you know, to, to like say side. something about you. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. none of that. And and when they do, when they do, it's almost like fake. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like okay, yeah, what about you? And then it's like okay, then you start, you know, your side of the story. And then people like you can already see that they're just kind of like yeah, saying, okay, whatever. It's like, yeah. and if you keep doing that, I don't want to hang out with yeah, you. I'm not you know, like if, if you're not, yeah. yeah, if you're not adept enough, I feel like to to like understand that a conversation is a two way street and a conversation is a give and take, mm-hmm. like it's conversations aren't fun then yeah
1: yeah no i i I do this often where like i'll start doing that myself and i'll
0: i'll really start rolling into
1: myself or something i'm working on and i just can't like I, i need to i remember i was like oh shit i gotta ask this person about something they're doing because maybe i'm working on a project with them and then i'll like okay take a pause and say oh okay so what did you do about this? Or how did you do this? And I, I catch myself doing that all the time. Even on here. I, even on here, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling and rolling and rolling and talking and talking. I was like, wait, 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 wait. He has a perspective too. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Engaging both sides, man. That's, that's what's important. Yeah. Engaging. And you
1: learn yeah. from that. That's the, the purpose of conversation mm. is to learn new information.
0: Of course, yes. So how are you going to learn if you're the only one talking? No, you don't. <laughs> hey, what, what is it? I think uh, it was some like proverb or I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But they say it's like, okay, you have two ears and one mouth. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hey, <laughs> Simple.
0: That's it. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: that makes so much sense speaks, though.
0: Speaks for itself. Speaks for itself. Well, those of you that are listening, you know, I'm glad that you're you, utilizing your two ears to listen to what we have to say. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. So shout out to our the people who are actually listening. Um, but the Olympics, the Olympics started this Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've none of it, it started this Friday. Bro, I've been no? so
1: deep in the sauce. Ugh.
0: Oh. Oh, with, with, uh, with your house? Yes, dude. Yeah. Congra- you closed finally. Yes. Congratulations. I
1: closed on Wednesday. I've been a homeowner nice. for four days now. It has been. And? Hell. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about Bro, it.
1: Bro, this morning I just learned how to partially clean my pool.
0: <laughs> Partially clean. Yep. Yep. Okay. I
1: figured out how some of the valves turn and like the suction of the scrubber and the the skimmer and the all that shit and it's it's just so much work, man. I,
0: it is. Pools are a lot of work, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get me yeah. a
1: little pool robot to like go and clean the pool for me. But until then, I gotta like get in there and scrape scrub it, it, it. off. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh! But I took some yeah, time dude. To we some used more.
0: to have. Have you ever had a pool? Nope. Have you ever had a pool? No. Nope. Yeah, I used to have a pool. And yeah. my dad, you know, my dad would... He would make... I mean... Yeah. Your parents make you do things right. So I would clean it. That was my responsibility. Mm. You know, he would help as well. Mm-hmm. And, but dude, you got to do a lot of stuff. You got to click, you got to make sure the filter's in there. You got to take the leaves out. You got to get the, you got to get the brush on there. You got to scrub all the sides. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you put chlorine every month. If you know, if something happens, you know, frogs are going to get in there, whatever's going to get <laughs> in there. You got to <laughs> scoop it out. Like it's yeah. dude, it's, it's work. I mean, if you think about it, you're just maintaining like a, a pool, big, chemical like it's just a big chemical concoction yeah like it's a big scientific experiment in your backyard (laughs) that you have to you know know.
1: regularly and it's crazy yeah like i've I've never owned a pool before my parents have never owned a pool before and i'm sitting here looking at them like i I have absolutely no (laughs) idea (laughs) 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 like none i have zero idea of how to take care of this thing until like I just started deep diving on YouTube about the chemicals and how to test and how to do this and what the the skimmer tank does and the the sand Mm -hmm. tank and all that. And i I mean, I'd like to understand it so I could maybe maintenance it and make it better or, you know, take care of it because yeah. you know, I'm going to have to take care of it for the 30 years that I own this house. Right. <laughs>
0: for sure. But for sure. Yeah. And at some point, I mean, so, I mean, maybe a question to you, do you think that you're, I mean, you just bought it, right? So you're going to live here for a while, but do you think this will be like a home that you, you know, maybe even, you know, bring your family to, or what are you, what are know. your thoughts? Obviously know. long-term thinking, right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah.
1: So I think. Right now, I'm, I've started remodeling already, so mm-hmm. I've scraped down the popcorn ceilings, I've just put down a knockdown ceiling on the top there. It cost me like two grand, but ugh, it was worth it. I'll say it was worth it. We did the whole house, okay. the guys got it done in a day. So like, it was, it was pretty nice, it would be ready for paint on Monday. But um, I, I think I can get it to a point that's gonna be pretty nice. I'm, I I want to rent it out. That that's the purpose because it's in yeah. the environment for rentals. And mm-hmm. right now I'm going to do the whole house hacking thing where I live there and rent for a little bit, but I'll probably move to a new house at some point. And the house is in a great location. So depending mm. on what my new house is like and when I'm starting a family, what what all of the houses that I own look like, I'll have to reevaluate, but I think this house already is gonna shape up to be pretty nice. Uh, yeah. I just started demoing the master bathroom and the plans that I laid out are already looking like a really nice bathroom. So, I don't know, I don't know. Depends on where it's at when I'm done with it versus what I have yeah. elsewhere.
0: Mm-hmm. So Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's almost a decision that you can make like as you get a little bit further yeah. uh, into real estate, right? Like if you if you buy another property, I mean, if you like living where you're at, you buy another property to for the specific person, for the specific purpose of renting yeah. rather than you know living. And I mean, you can accumulate properties that way. People don't. The house hacking thing is great. I mean, I think it's great to get started. And you know that you know those of you that don't know what house hacking is, it's basically you buy a property. It can be a multi-family property, so like a duplex or a triplex or a quadplex, so two units, three units, or four units. Or what Chris is doing, he's getting a single-family home and you can, you know, just get roommates, right? And that's, you know, very common, very easy way to keep your expenses low. Yeah. And what happens is you're you're basically getting other people to uh, help you pay down the mortgage, right? Yeah. But then at some point, if if, you know, you like where you're living or, you know, you have you want to buy another property, uh, you can buy it as a, you know, as an investment property, but, you know, you have to put down a larger amount for the loan. And I think that that's the toughest thing because yeah. in order to do make it an investment, mm-hmm. it needs to you need to put down twenty percent. And you think of twenty percent of a you know three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollar house, it's a lot of cash. It's a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so. I put down on this one like eight point two five percent or something like that. And Okay. Yeah. yeah. It it hurt when it left the account. I I have to say, they were like, all right, go ahead and submit to this routing number, I was like,
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. that wire transfer
0: but but the thing is man you, you are you are on like the way like I think this is a pretty famous saying too but scared like scared money doesn't make money yeah you know like if you're if you're afraid and you just have all of your you know money and you're not like looking at like investments or you yeah. know you're not taking any risks mm-hmm. or you're not just like taking those big steps then like you're it's th- not doing, doing anything yeah it's yeah. not doing shit you have to you're not gonna your you're not gonna make anything you. yeah yeah, and, and that of av- all involves an element of risk. It does. It's it, does. Just, it involves an element of risk. And if you're not willing to I mean, obviously when you're seventy five or whatever and <laughs> you're in your yeah. retirement, you're not gonna go all stocks, <laughs> right? And no bonds yeah. or you know, yeah, yeah. all stocks, no cash. In real estate um, nothing. Yeah. But but right now it's like we have time like and that's the thing, man. Especially us in our twenties, you're in your early twenties, I'm getting into my late twenties now. Um, but we have time on our side and now's the time for risk you know yes. like a lot of people will be like especially when I got my duplex man a lot of people were unsure unsure of the market they're like oh the market's going up like you should wait for the crash wait for the crash yeah. wait for the crash and then okay the crash is never coming like my <laughs> the equity in my house grew like crazy you know I remodeled the whole thing like yeah. whatever it's I dude gotta it's, move if anyways, you make it happen yeah if you have the opportunity like you have to take it yeah. and you know what it's, if if shit hits the fan at some point it's gonna hit the fan but you're gonna learn a lot yeah. and you're gonna get through it and that's it
1: exactly yeah. exactly
0: I mean I bought
1: peak market peak market price yeah. but you know what the good thing is is I got in 2.7 percent interest rate I mean th- that doesn't happen every day so I got a favorable mm-hmm. interest rate and the the price is a little, a little yeah. But mm-hmm. the money that I'm gonna put into it I think will level out. I think maybe in the next year or so I'll be at a loss if I was to uh get an appraisal again, I'd be at a loss for maybe like thirty to forty thousand dollars. But I think mm-hmm. okay. in the next five years after I've finished all the remodels and the market has kind of balanced itself back out or rose again, I think I'll be back positive at least that thirty, forty K and yeah. you know that's kind of how you have to follow the market to to let it ride because with the housing it's i've locked in at this price i own the property and i will hold it it's kind of like like buying stocks i'm going to hold it it i have physical assets now and these assets yeah. will retain the, the property will retain i mean yeah. i can't like they're not going to come take a quarter of my land you know no it's just sure. not going to happen versus the stock market where you know you buy some stock and it's like oh, okay, yeah, uh, this the is now goes up. worth this. I mean, yeah, it may be worth a little less, but it's a physical asset, you know? And I will hold it until it's worth more to sell it for me than it is to keep it.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's realized versus unrealized profits. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, you bought your house, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe, it, let's say the real estate market goes down. That doesn't mean you lost money. No. Oh um that just means and and I think the way to think about it really is net worth and cash flow. Yeah. So people like people get caught up in like all these complicated things. It's like no man. Like literally just think about your net worth and your cash flow. What is net worth? Net worth is the amount of assets that you own. Mhm. So everything that you own including your car, stocks and bonds, like real estate, like cash in your bank account, all that stuff everything. minus all of your liabilities. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Minus all of your liabilities, which is how much basically how much money do you owe to people? Yeah. And as long as you're consistent, as long as your net worth is consistently like increasing mm-hmm. and you're satisfied with the rate that it's increasing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what you should focus on. Right. And even if your house goes down in value, you still, the thing is you're still house hacking. Exactly. So ultimately you're not going to pay as much. Your expenses are lower there, yeah. which, you know, allows more cash flow for you to get in, you know, with your regular job and all the other things that you do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which in turn you can either save or invest more or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's, yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. for me, in my specific situation with the, the rent that I've selected for the people that will live there with me. I've selected a rate that is very competitive with the environment so it matches the area right i mean i have an amenity i have a really nice pool
0: a nice pool which you're responsible for right like they're not responsible Mm -hmm. i have a Mm -hmm.
1: renovated kitchen it's got a great yard and so i i was able to charge a great rate it's close to the university so Mm -hmm. i mean that right there has allowed me to create a good rate for the other three individuals that will be living with me and effectively allowed me to zero my living expenses. So by zeroing my living expenses, I've decreased my total liabilities, moving from renting a property to owning. So I've zeroed that, Mm -hmm. and then I've increased my cash flow because I've zeroed my uh, liabilities.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well no, I wouldn't say zeroed your liabilities because you still oh, owe money. Yeah. Yeah. But right. you would say zeroed at least the portion of your expenses that qualifies you My know for a roof expenses. over your head. Yeah, yeah. 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 My so I mean your month. living expenses yeah, well your living expenses still count as food, electricity, water, oh, yeah. internet, all that stuff. And obviously that's gonna, you know, go down because you have roommates, right? Okay. So I mean at least internet, electricity, all that stuff. Yeah. But Lower. ultimately like lowered yeah. substantially.
1: That's what it's about.
0: Mm-hmm. So with compared that, to paying like a thousand bucks a month at an apartment, like paying you know, and that's not including all that stuff. Now paying zero dollars a month, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah.
1: I, I, this little shoebox. In addition
0: to <laughs> in addition to them paying off your loan, like they're literally paying off your loan. Exactly. That's exactly that's what it is. They're, and with that, yeah, you have so two
1: options. If you can are able to own a property like that and have renters to pay the mortgage for you potentially, then you have two options. You could either take that money that you would have spent on the mortgage if you had it, which you should have it. You shouldn't be approved for a loan if you're not able to pay the mortgage by yourself without renters. Yep. (laughs) And then take that money and either invest it into the property itself to increase the property value or take that money and slap it at the loan. Go ahead and get a double payment, get a double payment going every month and just kill it. And once you kill it, the faster you reach the, uh, the, the debt free on a home, the, the better it is for you. And then you recalculate yeah. your amortization schedule and you've got a lot less you're paying in interest. Your PMI could go away if you have it.
0: <laughs> the only so the the only thing that I would argue against that in your situation specifically mm-hmm. is that if you're going to pay like a couple hundred bucks more a month cuz you want to get the loan do that. Cuz you want to get it done faster, do that. But the only reason why I argue against that mm-hmm. in your specific situation is because of your interest rate is so low. So if you think about it, you said you have a two point seven. So let's, you know, sorry for yeah. we're gonna get Methodist. nerd out for a second <laughs> yeah. for our listeners. Yeah, but but if you're if you're making two point and it's really simple. At least I think so. Mm-hmm. But I look into we look into a lot of this stuff. But anyways, two point five. If, if you if whatever dollar you're putting towards your loan, right, your your house loan, mm-hmm. you're guarantee you're guaranteeing a two point seven percent return on that money. So what do I mean by that, right? So if at the end of the year, if you paid an extra dollar, you saved yourself, you know, uh, 2.75% of that dollar. So it's like, imagine you're, for simple terms, you're getting a return of 2.57% of that dollar. But if you turn and invest that money into the stock market, historically, which returns, you know, anywhere from seven to 10% year over year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what i rather, what is your tolerance for risk in that element? Do, do you wanna pay down your house faster? which in theory could be I mean you'd have to think about it long term so like yeah. okay if i can pay my house in 15 years instead of 30 years mm-hmm. and i pay and i use all this money to pay off Okay, what is the back end of that thirty years going to look like, yeah. right? Because you could say you could say, okay, what is my anticipated cash flow going to be after those fifteen years, mm-hmm. and say, yeah, so if we take this thirty year period where I said I'm going to put an extra thousand dollars into the stock market every month, or I'm going to put an extra thousand dollars on this mortgage, and we extrapolate that over a thirty year period, you could in theory run the numbers and say, you know, hey, like I expect a rate, I expect you know rent to be this much fifteen years from now. Let's see how much I'd accumulate over thirty years. And then the stock market, and yeah. you could kind of say, okay, where? And you could, yeah. I think people have done this. Mm-hmm. People have done it, and they say that the stock market would return more. In you know, if you're thinking 10% of year over 30 years, right, a thousand bucks a month versus you know a home, mm-hmm. which I would agree. Although, I would say that there is a benefit of having an asset like that, the, a cash flowing asset mm-hmm. that is that is paid off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you have a paid off, so 15 years from now, let's say 20 years from now, if you get, you know, 15 years, you'd be extremely aggressive, but mm-hmm. let's just say 20 <laughs> years from now, you have this paid off asset. Now let's say to maintain the property, I don't know. It's like, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month, let's just say, yeah. but you're renting it, you're renting it for 3,500, right? And you're getting 2,500 of cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, 2,500 bucks a month for you not really doing shit. Yeah, You know, for the next, you know, 20, 30, 40 until you die That's versus the – yeah, yeah. it is good versus the accumulation of that money in the stock market. Okay, you know, maybe let's say – I don't know. It's a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, if you took that million dollars – yeah. So, it's yeah, – yeah, it can get complicated pretty quickly, yeah. but I think you see what I'm saying. I
1: see yeah. what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And I, I, I agree with you on part of it, but the, the part where you have a paid off asset that is – cash flowing monthly at a really high rate, and at that point, I mean, you're that 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 is kind of where I want to be. How I get yep. there, there's many different ways I can get there, but I, I think at the important part for me, at least in this first 20%, is to reduce the PMI, because after I get over that Agreed. hump, then I think the evaluation might be a little bit more intuitive when I'm talking about do I take that money and invest or do I take that money and continue to pay down the loan at an aggressive rate?
0: Yeah. yeah. There's not no, pressure. for sure. And I think, yeah. And I think, I think the one thing I'm not, you know, unsolicited advice here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just talking from the research that I've done and my personal experience and, you know, I, anyone who's willing to challenge it, please. Um, but I think diversification is a huge key. So I think that you should definitely like consider paying off your home faster at the same time. I don't think in my personal opinion I don't think that it would be smart to dump all of your extra money into so, that house Yeah. and exactly and not you know continue to invest or cost dollar average or whatever you decide to do in the stock market. I think yeah. that you should be doing both.
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree. And that that's the thing you, you got to maintain the balance and you were right with the diversification. That is very important because now you're right if I pour all this money in then hurricane You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's over. Yeah, yeah, we're done. I mean, we're in Florida. You know, it's like possibilities. You know, and that's a thing. So, what I could do is, you know, just manage it well enough. Where I mean, with an overpayment, you don't have to overpay the entirety of the mortgage. You don't have to double down. You know, it's an overpayment. No one has asked you to put a specific amount. So I could do a range of a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. So I can do half of what the mortgage I would have paid and then take that other half mm-hmm. and invest it. But that's the thing. I yep. think the investing in a house at this rate is a lot lower risk than some money market accounts. It depends on you know what you're getting into. There's a lot yeah. that you can purchase on the stock market that are safe and reliable investments. But you know there's also some that are a little riskier but you know risk reward balance. That's what I think. With the house, it's probably a safe bet for me at this point in time to go ahead and just. I agree. I mean, go out. for it. You're living there,
0: dude. You're you're living yeah. there, and that's the thing. I mean, uh, when I when I bought my when I bought my duplex, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of it kind of sucks. I wish it was you know maybe earlier, but yeah. anyways, I bought my duplex and I had to remodel the whole thing. You you saw it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't remodel the whole thing. I didn't like you know redo the kitchen. Did right I didn't think though. it needed it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I did a lot. I mean, new floors, painted everything, like new like closet doors, new baseboards, like redid the bathroom, like all that stuff. Yeah. Anyways, like all if you think about it, when I did that, like I bought, I closed on my house in February, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And like February of 2020, so that was right before the market took a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and when the and when the market took a shit, like it and it kind of sucks if you think about it, when the market took a shit, like the one of the. Biggest drops in history right mm-hmm. and it was it dropped by like what like twenty thirty percent or something was, like that. Yeah, pretty bad. I I had to spend money because I was on a time crunch My money didn't get to go into the stock market. My money was I had to get this house done Yeah, so it's like, you know, I spent you know Twenty thirty grand to get this house done where in theory you could say okay I missed an opportunity in the stock market, but yeah. like because of situationally, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean you could you could argue it in so many different ways, yeah. and that's why I think like I was still investing uh, in the stock market, which I'm glad that I was. It's not like I completely shut off because yeah. I had the capital to to continue to do so, but not as aggressively. But exactly. But I think like what's good for you right now is that. You already bought the house. The stock market's still going up. I'm assuming that you're still doing, you know, your investment strategy, whatever it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if if you like, if you can get this done as quickly as possible, yeah. Like at least the house-wise, do spit, like get it done, get it done, get it done. And then when it's done, you have that cash flow. And now, yeah. if something were to happen, you literally, even if you're paying your mortgage more every month, like let's say the market takes a shit again, you're like, okay, stop those extra payments. Literally for the next, you know, let's say let's just say we're talking for the next six months. The market's taking a shit. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> All of my money, I'm just like buy, buy, yeah. buy, buy. You know, yeah. like, and that's kind of the the strategies that that you can think about, um, especially when you when you have a home. I mean, it's yeah. So it's yeah. you can yeah. do a lot of different things with so it. And that's right. the thing; is, it's the cash flow. You you have the the
1: flow of income, and you can divert it wherever you think was right at the moment. Which is there's a lot of case mm-hmm. by case, a lot of case by case. But you yeah, know, definitely, you work what what's best for your scenario. Overall, you want to look at your total cash flow, your jobs, all of your investments and everything that's coming in to your checking account. What is hitting your checking account? What can you take that money and buy with it or invest with it? Yeah. You know, and Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, you've got a sizable amount of overhead. I mean, Hey, if you go out, like to go out and party, you know, and drink a little bit, spend a little bit, that's you, man. Mm -hmm. But you know, if that's where you are, that's where you are. But if you want, there's plenty of investment opportunities or you could make more down the road. And that's what it comes yeah. to. A lot of people don't see the value in waiting a little bit to get a little more money. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of plagued many, many of people. You know, a big factor in all investments is time. You have to put in the time first to get the money. You have to put in the time to wait and let the money grow. And some people, they want the money now they want the money now so they can buy the, the biggest truck or buy the biggest this or throw the money around the club and do this hey i need spinners on my el camino you know <laughs> you know that it plagues the world it really does and I, I see it so much especially in like poor people culture where you have a, a need to spend on everything you know you walk in, I've, I've had a friend before in high school where they lived in a not so great neighborhood but mm-hmm. the dude, dude had PS5, Xbox. He had the 70, 80-inch TVs, the, the, the car with the biggest sound system. He was like, man, how much did you pay for this? I paid a million dollars for him. I was like, Bro, what are you doing with your money? He was like, why? Do you need this? Like, you couldn't, like, you know, put that to the roof or, or the light bill for the next month or invest it here and double that and then, you know, maybe buy yourself something nice? but a lot of people yeah. don't see that, you know, I, I, I've i seen many, many cases like that. And it's just like, yes, nice things are nice, but more money. And then some nice things is even better for me personally. I mean, I don't know if well, you had an experience like that, where you've seen people kind of
0: just, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, man. I mean, even sometimes people you care about, you yeah. know, and it's like, how do you, how do you tell them, you know, how do you, and, and that's the thing, man, like at the end of the day, like I've, I've been, you know, we're big personal finance advocates. I'm a huge personal finance advocate. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you, you talk to people that you care about and they tell you like where they're spending these things and like they're doing this and that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you can and, and you can all you can do is share your philosophy. Yeah. But just sharing it, not like a convincing, but just like, hey, this is what I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it helps me like because of this. And either they, and I think that it's up to you as an individual. It's not really anybody's personal responsibility no. to, you know, transition you <laughs> to, you know, think of you, the, how you spend your money. It's, yeah. it's really has to come from within. I think that you can have conversations to like, you help know, help guy, people, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they're, you. they're responsible. Yeah, yeah right. you need to figure it out. Yeah, like, right. if you if you want help, come to me. Like, because you know I that, like, I know about this. I'm passionate about it. Like, we can figure something out. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to help yourself, I'm not going to help you. No, no. You know? And
1: that's crazy because I had a guy over to my house yesterday to help me get the ceilings done, right? And he was telling me yeah. about his house he just bought in Kissimmee. He bought, like, two acres, really nice house four bedroom two bath and he's like yeah i got the whole thing i got it for 180 um like a year ago and i was like or two years ago and i was like oh that's great man that's great and he's he's like yeah man i pay like 2000 a month on that thing and i was like 2000 is that is that is it just the uh, the 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 principal and interest, or what's the deal? He's like, yeah, yeah, two thousand principal and interest, and you know, I got a really great deal. And you know, this year when the the interest rates started going really low, well, he's like, yeah, somebody called me to, to refinance, and I was like, nah, I don't need that. And I was like, yes, you do. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? And it's just like he was telling me all this stuff, this this great stuff that he got, and I was like, but but someone mentioned to you that you could refinance and get your rate from a three point five down to the 2.75 that it's at right now and you just turned that away and that's where I kind of was like
0: well, well, on the other, so to that point, the other side of the coin mm-hmm. in order to refinance so you remember how you played cl- you paid uh, closing costs and all that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you have, you actually have to pay that again. Yeah. So you could you know, I yeah. mean, going down the route, ra- not going down too far down the rabbit hole, but you know if he bought the house less than two years ago and he's going to have to pay another you know seven eight grand in closing yeah. costs right i mean yeah. what you could in theory right not in theory mm-hmm. in practice you could calculate okay should i put that seven or eight grand in just directly average. into the house yeah. yeah or should i right so you can there's
1: yeah, potential okay. for it but i'm, I'm but i
0: see what you mean i see yeah. what you mean like you need to explore your you options need to explore
1: yeah. your options and he, he seemed like he was he, he told the guy just like up, no no i didn't want to do it i don't even want to look at it And it's like bro you could be saving yourself a lot of money (laughs) because he even said that he got his house um uh appraised before the crash and his house was worth like an extra 30k 40k and it's like okay so you refinance you can give them the new rate and then you could use the uh cash out to pay for the refinance. So, you know, you, you'd be on a better track. Maybe, I don't know. So I just kind of, yeah, I gave him a yeah. little bit of what I know. And then I said, okay, you know, these are some options. The rates are still really low. It's not too late. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay. So I might, I might, I might, yeah, yeah. I gave him the, the name of my lender. and I was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, just mention my name. You know, I sent you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe I get a discount next month, you know. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe and it's just you know it's I knew a little bit about it and I heard that he was doing something great and I was like hey I might be able to help you out a little more here's
0: mm-hmm. how I can help you out here's a little more here's the knowledge like yeah here's my perspective really here's my perspective
1: right. here's my knowledge take and do it what, what you will he probably won't do anything do it for what you will but that's up to you man it's up to you
0: yeah Yeah. people people have to make their own decisions and that's that's also ultimately what it comes down to and I think that goes for any change in your life yeah like if it's if it's financial, if it's physical, if it's mental, like it's if it's with your work, you. if it's with your fun, like if it's with your personal relationships, like you ultimately make decisions that are going to impact all aspects of your life. Yeah. And whether you whether you decide to, and and I think this comes down. I, I heard this the other day. Mm-hmm. It came from some book. I need I need to start writing down like where these things come from so <laughs> I can start maybe recommending things. Yeah. But it was it was um, it was easy choices hard life hard choices easy life so if all the choices that you make are easy right so oh man should I go out to the club or should I like like and think of the day-to-day decisions that you make like Mm -hmm. if you if you're making easy decisions like easy choices Mm -hmm. like if you're saying oh I'm going to go to the club I'm not going to do my laundry or I'm going to go do I'm going to go out to eat instead of cooking at home I'm going to you know, I don't know, I'm going to ignore like I don't know, like maybe you're having a beef with someone, I'm just gonna ignore it and ignore this person mm-hmm. that rather than confront the situation. Like if you if you could and there's a million examples that you could use, and I'm sure yeah. you could think of some as well. But if you if you make if you have these choices and you're always choosing like easy routes, then ultimately your life is gonna be more difficult. Yeah. But if you are making if you're choosing if your decisions and the things that you're choosing are harder. So like us choosing, it's like us choosing on our Sunday, instead of sitting here watching Netflix, (laughs) we're here making a freaking podcast instead of like, you know, using our money and going to the, which obviously you go to the club and like, it's okay to have fun. But like, instead of, instead of blowing our money on like a fancy new car or whatever, we're investing in real estate and like going into the stock market. It's like, yes, you know, the decisions that we make are hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and like even, even relationships that you have, like, you know, Trying to reach out and that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, like it's a hard, it's it's. But if you think about if you tackle these problems and you make these decisions that that are inherently difficult, in the long run, your life becomes a lot easier. Yeah, and that's you know think about the decisions that you make daily. Like, are you choosing to just hit the snooze button, (laughs) or are you choosing to like get really? Are you choosing to hit the snooze button? Are you are you choosing to get up and do a workout? Are you choosing to like? you know, I don't know, meditate for a couple of minutes, or are you just choosing to scroll on your phone? Like, yeah. like what, what decisions are you making? And don't get me wrong. We're all people like yeah. all of us, man. Like, and, and, you know, there's easy decisions that you make, like, yeah. and that's, that's okay. okay. But you gotta, you gotta think of like that big picture, like, okay, like, you know, Ultimately. yes, okay, I'll roll over today. But you know, if if you're getting up every day, right, for yeah. the next for the last six months, and you <laughs> snooze on a Sunday, it's like, okay, it's you're sunday. good, bro. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, it's it's interesting to think about like that very simple principle and how it can relate, you know, to the way that your life may go based on the decisions, based on the decisions that you make.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that rolls into the effort that you put in. So mm-hmm. you could kind of relate that to the effort that i have to put into this this decision an easy decision versus a mm. hard decision is the the hard decision it's going to take me more time or it's going to take me more money but in the end it's going to be better for me or it's not going to take me more time or more money and it's going to be really good for right now and that happens a lot because a lot of people think short-sighted and yeah. it's whatever's good for me right now whatever looks good for me right now and that that's the same thing that i was talking about earlier where Hey man, buying that new Xbox or that new PlayStation is really good for me right now and I'm going to just do that instead of, you know, investing in the stock and then in 5 years I could buy 10 PlayStations or whatever, you know. It's it's what's good for me right now versus the effort that I have to put in to work towards something that's good for me later. And yeah. yeah you, you try that. And
0: I I saw this YouTube video the other day of this guy and he like, you know, it's a it was one of those classic videos like Oh, like what I learned in my twenties and this guy, he just turned 30. Mm -hmm. Um, so he was, you know, a self-reflection type of video. And I think that those are always really good. And I like to hear what people have to say, um, especially someone that's been through it just to, you know, think, listen to people's potential mistakes. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he said was this guy was getting, he was trying to get, he did a lot of like drugs and alcohol. Like he was, you know, into that stuff and he did it like, you know, more often, I think than you know, I would say is acceptable in normal culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was trying to get out of that. And what he – the small decision that – or at least the the self-realization that he had was like what does future me – what would future me want? Yeah. Right? And and something as simple as – and he said it. Something as simple as I thought about what tomorrow me – would want, right? And does tomorrow me want to be like hungover like in bed like can't get up because of whatever? Yeah. Or does tomorrow me want to get up like wow, like I'm glad I didn't do that or I'm glad I, you know, Rest- only had 4 beers. Yeah. I'm glad I only had 4 beers instead of 12, yeah. you know, yeah. like and it's, you know, it's one of those things like what does future me want? And you can even extrapolate that to those simple decisions to like even longer decisions. You say, okay, well, what does what you know, me want a year from now? Yeah. What does me want 5 years from now? And this when you when you think about it that way, like where do you want to be, or what what would you like? What should you do right now that few like your future self will turn around and be like, "Yo, thanks, Jacob," or "Yo, thanks, Chris," Appreciate or that. whoever it may be. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. thank you for doing that because now now we yeah, can. Do and I this. think that that's. That's the core principle of developing habits. That's the core principle, like, I think that people, you know, you're talking about short-sighted, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, the moment, no, future me. Like, th- think of like yourself in the future. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes you may be thankful that you bought that Xbox. And you know what? If you're doing a lot of great things and you really, and I actually wanna talk about a topic right after this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I'm talking a lot, but I think it's really good information. Yeah. So like if you if you really value that Xbox and you use that Xbox and you like love it, you love playing games, your friends play games, like you get like this crazy sense of enjoyment that you spend, you know, five, six hundred bucks on this machine rather than five, six hundred bucks, I don't know, doing something else, go for then it. Then freaking go for it. Yeah, man, go for it. If that, if that's like what gives you this much joy, mm-hmm. but then it's like, okay, if you but now you say to your to your specific specific example of your friend, if you say, okay. The Xbox, okay. The PlayStation 5, okay. The sound system, okay. The spinner rims, it's like, okay, are, are you really, like, yes, you, you do get enjoyment from these, yeah. but you have to, you have to really say, Routes okay, well, where, yeah, yeah, where should I? And this comes down to the principle. So, Ramit Sadie, I believe his, that's how his name is pronounced, but he wrote this book, and it's called, and I think I might have d- discussed this with you at some point, Chris, but he wrote this book. It's called, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. It's a very, like... <laughs> like very gimmicky title but one one of the core principles at least that I found was the most helpful is he talks about this concept of money dials so Mm. he says that yeah we've talked about this before but I, I think it's I think it's good information but it's really saying okay Think about all of the things that are in your life and think about them like in terms of dials and dials, like you turn up the amount of money that you spend and you turn down the, the amount of money that you spend. And you could say this about so many different things. You could say this about your car. You could say this about where you live. You could say this about the food that you eat. You could say this about the city that you live in. You could say this about your fitness. You can say this about like literally any. You could say this about having the latest phone, have the video games, whatever. Basically, he says, think about like the one thing usually the one thing, maybe two things, depending on, you know, how much money you have or what you want to spend whatever. But think about these one or two things that if you were to, so as an example, I know that Chris, you, you like cars, you're into that, you know, you're rebuilding your Miata, whatever. Think about the amount of money that you spend on your Miata right now. Like, what if I told you like tomorrow, like you like, or tomorrow you would like spend, sorry, I'm kind of butchering this. you would spend 10 times the amount of money on your Miata, like starting tomorrow. Like that's your Miata. You love your Miata. If you spend 10 times the amount on your Miata, what would that look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And how much enjoyment would you get from that? And that's you take that principle and you say, okay, I really enjoy this one thing. So I'm going to turn that spending way up. And then everything else can go to the wayside. Like the food that you eat will be obviously like, you know, you want to stay healthy, but it wouldn't be as much. Like you try to skim the cost there. Like where, maybe the city that you live in. Okay, I don't wanna live in New York City, right? So I'm living in Florida or Georgia or I don't know, place, Texas that doesn't have income tax. Like you, all of these other decisions, all of these other things you turn down and that one thing that you find that you just really, really enjoy, you turn up. Yeah. And that's how you get the maximum, right? So then that way you can spend money on things that bring you joy. And all that other stuff, like, you know, you don't have to worry about and that's where that extra money will come for you to spend, save and invest and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's the principle that I want to say.
1: Yeah. You got to turn the dial. You got to turn the dial. But you have to turn it equal. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So which dial, you know, it's the thing is about identifying, like, which, which dial is yours.
1: Yeah. And it changes over time, you know. You don't, mm-hmm. you're not digging into that one thing. Because for me, I I had the Miata for a while. I, it's great. I love it. And it died. A few months ago, <laughs> and I have spent zero dollars on it in the past probably three, four months, because now I've turned up the dial on buying this house. I've turned up the dial on getting this house done and finished, so this dial over here is now plateaued. But you know, at some point in time, it's gonna revert, and now my passion will drive back here, but I've learned that in order to get this dial to where I want it, I have to turn this one down, or turn this one off. I mean, maybe temporarily, maybe not, you know, but that's the thing. You've you, you got to know where to pull that from because you can't just turn the one dial and not adjust the others. Th- that's an important lesson too.
0: Exactly, man. Exactly. Like you can't have all these, it's, it's one or, I mean, two is even pushing it, right? Yeah. What's the one thing? Yeah. Like what, what's the one thing that you enjoy? Yeah. And for me, that's, I feel like that's like traveling and like doing things, right? Yeah. Like experiences. Turn it and up. even when I, even, even when I do travel, it's more of like, I still like, What's interesting about traveling is, like, I like to travel cheaply because I feel like it makes you more creative. Yeah, it does. You know? It does. It makes you more creative, it, and I feel like you, you, yeah, <laughs> and you deal with challenges, like you, you may have, like, these smaller challenges that you wouldn't deal with if you're staying at a four- or five-star hotel, yeah, no. right? Yeah, That's the thing. So I
1: was trying to figure out um, the other day what kind of, um, like, pool uh, uh, cleaner to buy, and I, I knew nothing about nothing. So I was just like, all right, well, the most expensive one on Amazon must be good, right? That'll probably solve all my problems. And, hey, throw the money, great, solves all the problems the majority of the time. Yeah. Or for a few less dollars, I could get this one, save some money, but I got to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that to kind of, you know, finagle it. But that's when you start to learn things because now it's not just, you know, Throw it, make it rain, problem solved, you know, and there's a lot of scenarios where that's usually true. It's just, hey, man, throw the money, I don't have to worry about it,
0: and it's
1: true. other times like
0: something as simple something as simple as putting up a ceiling fan right like if yeah. you if you like put up ceiling fan, like if you just pay a guy to come and put up all the ceiling fans in your house or like change the toilet in your house or do these little things that actually like may seem difficult, but really if you took the time, they aren't that hard yeah you know, one, yes, it's going to take you a little bit more time. Yes, you're going to deal with some challenges that you may need to solve. But at the end of the day, you're going to like, you're going to be able to go through those challenges and learn something, you know, and then whenever you encounter, whenever you potentially encounter that situation again, you know, you're going to have that knowledge that you had and to be able to solve it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's what it is. You you got to it's a learning, a learning thing. It, it's definitely a learning thing, oh. and with a lot of those types of hands-on thing, I'm definitely here for it. You know, yeah, I, I support the learning. Oh my gosh, everyone's trying to call me Is it? Is
0: it because your? Is it because your nephew's born? It might born? be. It might be. Yeah. I'm sure. Let me shoot him a text. I might have a nephew, guys. So let's Yeah, so let's do that. Let's let's end it on that. So Chris's nephew is born. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna go to the birthing center and he's gonna go see his new nephew. So that's gonna be great, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> Woo, I
1: might have it. I might have it. Let's see. Do I have a little nephew? Oh man. I I gotta throw some pictures once I him. It's uh, I love my nephews and nieces. They're the greatest little munchkins on earth. Oh.
0: Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Good. Well, I hope you enjoy your Sunday. I'm I'm hoping that it's a safe berth. Dude, thanks for uh, walking down the hallway with me. A lot of personal finance today, which yeah, I enjoyed. Man,
1: we're here for the money, bro. We're here for the money. <laughs> <laughs> here for the money.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for walking down the hallway right. with us. Have a great evening. Great day. See ya.